All right, everybody, welcome to Ice Screen. You scream for movies for Monday, May 22nd. Fuck it, it's Harafi. We are doing it live. I'm Danny, and this is a special episode that wanted to do secretly, not announcing this because wasn't sure if this was the proper way to even get into this. But now that I have this guest right here, if you're watching this through YouTube, which I will obviously have it up by then, which you're seeing this right now, but I have a very special welcoming new guest who's not a B.O. Boy person who is on the B.O. Boys podcast, but I know this guy particularly well. He's not only a box office enthusiast, but a box office analyst, the star of the show from Relations Exhibitors Relations Co. himself, Jeff Bach. Thank you for joining and welcome. Thank you for having me. We've been trying to do this for a long time. I'm glad we finally got it fixed. It's East Coast, West Coast. This is just how we roll. Yes, sir. So uh, I brought you on the show because I have been trying to get this word, but June is one of the biggest, biggest months for me. And since March, obviously, March was like one of those biggest months we got full of blockbusters. June is like so special to me. I know I got like a bunch of movies and video games, but obviously this is a movies podcast. We're talking straight out movies out of the box office, which is what we're discussing here. Which movies are we going to predict the numbers for June? And which one will come on top and which one will bomb? And this is a very special, important episode for all, not only as movie review listeners, I don't get like wide audiences so much, but people are just coming in and check by. This is a box office episode. So people that are box office analysts and all that, I hope you enjoy for a real special treat as me and Jeff Bach are going to get down to numbers, specifics, and the hype abouts to movie going next month of June. So, Jeff, without further ado, are you ready to get down to biz? <laughs> or actually, Let's... just in case, uh, in case no one knows, tell tell the world about yourself real quick before we get started. My bad. Yeah, I am a box office analyst for Exhibitor Relations in Los Angeles. You can check me out on Twitter. I'm there every Sunday morning. Also do a Spaces on Sunday morning where we just talk straight up box office, the good, the bad, and the butt ugly. Listen, box office is full of great things. We all know that. But it's also full of really bad things. And if you don't talk about those, they don't get better. So at Exhibitor Relations, we like to talk about it all. And uh, if we leave out any of the bad things or just go over, we're not doing a service to anybody. So again, if you want the straight box office feed, check out ERC box office, check out analysts who do not report directly to the studios. Yes. That's how we do it. And that is the best way to get all of your info. If you desire real box office analyst. That's right. Thank you for introducing yourself there. And uh, let's get down. The Brax Tassing. So, uh, June 2nd of 2023 is the first week of June kicking off. So, we've got one major important film and the other film to encounter that. But, uh, Jeff, what movie do you want to start off first on June 2nd? I mean, we have to, we have to start off with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. People have been jonesing for this film for years. I think we all know the significance of this film. I mean, it won Best Animated Feature. The first one did. This is the follow-up, massively anticipated. Remember, the first one opened under, and then it just had legs and legs and legs, as Spider-Man films do. This was special because it, it heralded in a new wave, I'd say, of, of animation for American audiences that really hadn't 
really focused on anime for a long time. There's a lot of people that know anime that have been followers of anime for a long time, but it never really hit this hard in North America. And now that it has, and now that anime with Crunchyroll has been successful, get ready for a huge opening compared to the original. What are your thoughts on this guy? So, I didn't see the first one, but I heard some very, very, very good. I'm definitely going to see the first one. I know a lot of people are going to just be hectic on me for not seeing the first one. That's when, when my movie going love was not there until after high school. And now that it is, I'm still kicking into Spider-Man for sure. So, obviously one of the biggest movies of the year. My top five most anticipated movies. It looks fantastic. And since I watched Puss in Boots The Last Witch from that animation style they're going with, I'm so used to it now. I didn't like it at first. I wasn't a fan of it, so I'm used to it. So this is just like a typical comic book side-scrolling action hit. So I definitely am excited. And excited to see a lot of, like, man, not just the Spider-Verse itself with this whole Spider-Verse variance, but I think the story is going to look even promising with Miles Morales in this version. That looks promising. So according to the box office pro, it is projecting... 85 to 105 million dollars now for me it's definitely gonna make that projection because everyone that saw the first one at home or not are stoked to seeing this it's one of those cannot miss summer hits on the big screen for the first thing of june and that's a lot of spider-man fans out there peter parker fans everyone tom holland fans toby mcguire fans andrew garfield fans out there it's that you don't want to miss miles morale miles if you're a huge Spider-Man, this is a big contending start of the June. So yeah, I think, think yeah. I think numbers make sense. 85 to 105. But if I'm exactly predicting what number is going to make, I'm going to predict $99 million. At least there. Oh, bold. that is a bold choice, Cotton. Um, yeah, the thing is, let's remember, the first one opened with $35 million. 35 guys, that is pretty low, right? So it's going to double that for sure. So let's talk about 70 million and up for this one. I have it pegged at about 79 million. Could do about 80, I think. Somewhere in the 80s is a possibility. Um, I, I'm still not sold that adults will go to this the same way that they go to the regular Spider-Man film. So that's what keeps me away from predicting this will gross 100. You have it just slightly under, and I understand that. Um, I still think it's going to be one of the biggest hits of the summer. Uh, the other one, the first one legged out with 190 million domestic. Again, this should do almost 100 million more at the end of its run domestically than the original. So think about 280, 290 million domestic, I think. Could get up to 300. Like I said, if adults show up, uh, again, I'm pegging this one at, at about 80 million. 80 million sounds fair. and. Uh... Demo-wise, I'm sure a lot of teens, 18 to 34s, are definitely coming out to seeing this. And considering Absolutely. this is a family movie as well, I can understand if not every adult are going to be looking forward to this movie. But I think for the teens and everyone, most of the teens under 35s are going to come out so much to this movie, I feel like. I don't know about under 17s, but I feel like most teens of like almost adult, young adults are going to turn up to this. And I'm those adults who are like under 35, so I'm like 23 years old. And Jeff, how are, how old are you exactly? Um, I'm under, let's just say I'm in the 40s. So in the 40s, you know? Okay, so you're going to be those, <laughs> one of those rare demos, you're going to be those peep audience that are coming out to see this movie for sure on the weekend. Exactly. Time. Okay. Exactly. 
So um, here's I'm, here. I'll go it. Sorry. I'll go. Uh, I was just saying the thing is this comes in after Memorial Day weekend, which we all know the Little Mermaid's going to hit hard. But that's not really for. I mean, it's for families. It's not as much for like you said the teen demo, the teen demo, and the college demo is really waiting for the Spider-Man film. That's going to hit hard, even though The Little Mermaid's still going to be strong in its second weekend. I totally agree. So, definitely, yeah, so The Little Mermaid's coming out this weekend, so that will differ. I think Little Mermaid's going to do fine on its own. Again, it is for families, but Spider-Man, I feel like it's more than just a family. That demo is going to, like, hardcore coming out for this for sure. I mean, I'm those people who's going to see both anyways, so. Yeah. So, I have, I, I'm definitely seeing this weekend for The Little Mermaid. That's, like, the day Maverick came out. Oh my God. Uh, I, but just to put this million. out, just to put this out, it's not going to overtake Memorial Weekend. It's not going to be Maverick. I used to think, but not anymore. Not anymore. Now I know the difference. But doesn't mean it's a bad movie, but it's not going to take Tom Cruise out of the throne for that. So he ain't going to. So Ariel is not going to win against Tom Cruise or Maverick, but she can swim under and just like gather a lot of chunks of millions. Probably a billion dollars for sure. 160 million is what Maverick did over the four days. Um, little, listen, remember Aladdin did 116 million. 116 million over the four days. So somewhere between those two is probably where Little Mermaid's going to wind up. 125, 130 million over that four day. It would not surprise me at all. Uh, huge start to the movie going season. Lots of blockbusters to come as as we're getting at through June. The other one uh, is Boogeyman, right? Boogeyman yes. opens uh, with Spider-Man on the same day. This is 20th Century. This is also Disney flick that was saved from Hulu. It was supposed to be a streaming film. Now, because of the, all the success we've had with Evil Dead Rise, with Smile, uh, studios are pretty keen to say, hey, let's not waste this on streaming. Let's go right to theaters. And this is a good move by Disney in 20th century. We haven't seen a horror film since Evil Dead Rise. So that was five weeks ago now. It'll be seven weeks between horror films and the theaters. That is way too long. People are, uh, people are excited for horror. Horror is turning out in huge numbers. A Boogeyman should do pretty well as counter-programmed as Spider-Man, even though Spider-Man's going to rip it with a big number. I could see Boogeyman still getting in those teens. Uh, what is Mojo, or what is Box Office have? It is projecting... That's a little high, but I'm gonna read this. It's it's projecting 19 to 26 million. It is high. It's high, but but it's high. But here's the thing: again, seven weeks between horror films. That's way too long. It just is. Uh, they showed the Boogeyman at CinemaCon. It had pretty good reactions uh, in Las Vegas a couple weeks, a few weeks ago. Um, I still think mid-teens is is a good start for this, but uh, it'll have legs because there's not a lot of horror films this summer. Yeah, I was going to mention, you were mentioning movies that were going to streaming. Smile, Evil Dead Rise. But Disney last year just released Prey in streaming. Mm -hmm. I was so heartbroken. I'm a Predator fan. And yeah. man, I was just upset. But considering what Disney did with the Boogeyman. But they didn't do anything with the Hell Rising movie, Hellriser movie. But they yeah. did something with the Boogeyman movie, which I'm so damn impressed. Disney is now... Heading its right track, not letting freaking Bob Shapek put dumping these IP movies to the streamo. They just dumped the boogeyman with Bob Egger. Bob Egger just knows what's up. He understands what the theatrical industry is going on. It's perfect. So 
I'm impressed. It is going to do well for sure. I'm not down in this. I heard CinemaCon got reactions from there. Did you see the boogeyman over there? Because you are those people who, see, who went to see who were at CinemaCon. So I, I was ask. in. I was yeah. I was at CinemaCon. I did not stay for the boogeyman. There's a lot going on at CinemaCon, and there's very little time. So when you're trying to have meetings with people, honestly, screenings are sort of the last thing on your mind, except for the Flash. Everybody stayed to see the Flash because everybody wanted to see we'll what was going on. We'll get to that. There. We'll get to that yeah. hype, man. I just want and, to save and, the energy for it. Yeah, Fuck we will save it for that. But you're right about Prey. Uh, this is a film in the Predator franchise. Great film that they debuted directly on Hulu last August, which was it, which was a miscalculation by Disney because August was very light at the box office. They could have used that film in theaters. It probably would have opened honestly with, with bullet close train. To twenty million dollars. It came out with yeah. bullet train too. Yeah, exactly. So this is a film that could have played all through August. It would have made them sixty. $65 million easy at the box office. And so I think they learned their lesson. Oh, sure they did. They sure did. So what is, since you mentioned the boogeyman first, what's your number going for? What's your prediction that's going to open opening weekend with Spider-Man? I'm going to say because it's Spider-Man, it's and it's a very similar demographic in terms of teens and college. It's going to be a little down. I'm saying uh, 14 million for boogeyman. But again, it's going to have legs. It's going to stick around. It's summertime. You want to see a horror film. That's what you do during the summer. You want to get scared. And uh, there's not another horror film opening. The Blackening opening's June 16th, but that's a that's more of a niche horror film. Uh, so we don't hit, get a real balls-to-the-walls action film until Insidious, The Red Door of July. So again, it's got most of June, a full month in theaters. So it should do pretty well. Oh, I totally, totally. What about you? It's so again, the projections is too high. I think I'm going to go 17 at the moment. Yeah. It's not going to make above smile. It's not going to make above don't worry, darling. as a thriller. I don't think it's going to make, you know, I'm talking or evil. How much did evil dead make exactly? Evil 22, uh, 23. Yeah, it, exactly. I mean, it was, it was in the twenties and, uh, you know, obviously it's at 60. I think it's going to make under twenties, but it should have legs for yeah. sure. Cause the yeah. projection is just too dang high. That's all I'm saying. But, not to yeah, doubt this, I but I do agree. It's probably a low-budget horror movie. I think it's going to do fine. Just like how Smile, yeah. for instance, was low-budgeted, and it made insane profit. Maybe it could do the same thing with the Boogeyman. I don't know. All right, but uh, moving on from June 2nd, I'm excited for Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse. That's also my big film of, my, of the month. But another big movie coming out the week after is... Uh, well, I don't know if you noticed, Jeff. I'm a huge Paramount guy. I love Paramount Pictures since last year. They came up with Scream, Jackass, Lost City, Sonic, Top Gun, Smile. And sure, they had a few little misfires last year with Pause of Fury, Babylon. But this year, they came up with a little good with Scream. I'm not sure. Unfortunately, Dungeons & Dragons came under, I think, because the release date, which I'm going to get into that. But Paramount has come in next with Transformers, Rise of the Beast. And thank God... No fucking Michael Bay writer directing. As long as he's not writing or directing these horrible shit, I'm excited. He is producing. Doesn't change. Doesn't change the fact. Just like he did with Bumblebee. He did produce, but the movie's good. So Transformers: Rise of the Beast is also a sick thing. I'm ex sick thing. I'm excited about. Jeff, where are you at standing this right now? Well, here's the thing about Transformers, and and 
I've watched every movie in the in the series, and I really liked Bumblebee. Thought it was really good. It heavily underperformed, which is okay because Paramount also didn't spend as much as they usually spend on a Transformers film with Bumblebee. The bad news is they spent Michael Bay style money on Rise of the Beasts. Two hundred million dollars. Yeah, right. I mean that's good news for fans who want to see that spectacle. The bad news, I feel, is it's going to be tough to make that money back. That's also, you're talking about a huge summer tentpole, so you're talking about upwards of $100 million spend on advertising. So the PA budget for this thing is huge. Even though you have cross-promotional partners and tie-ins, it's still going to cost the studio a lot. It's not free to advertise on billboards and buses and all of that stuff. And that's what big blockbusters do. You're not wrong. So, the, the, you know, Paramount, as great as a year that, as they've had and the couple years that they've had, actually, um, this is a tough sell. And the reason is that you pointed out Spider-Man is, is a film everybody's jonesing to see. The Flash comes out the week after Transformers. So it's in a tough spot. It's going to have one weekend on IMAX and PLF screens, and we all know the last two or three in this franchise did not win over new fans, and that's the key. If you're going to keep a franchise going, it's got to at least get new fans or at least slow down minimally, and that's not the case for Transformers. It actually fell off a cliff with the, I believe it's called The Last Night. I can't even I did not see that. Subtitle. That was pretty bad, yeah. I heard. Did not see it that was one. bad, and it and as and as interesting as this looks, and I know your that your issues with Michael Bay are, I think, relevant. This to me, by just the eye test, looks like a Michael Bay film. It looks like another Michael Bay. I don't think so, man. I look. I don't think I'm so. Telling you, he did. I'm telling look, you. Look, at least <laughs> one thing. There's not a bunch of human star cast. They have like what Anthony Romo's. Dominic Fishback, they had no Dominique was it was a Dominic Fishback? I don't know if that's her in the movie or not. I could say the name wrong. Or not mention mention the wrong person. I'm sorry. I don't know if that's her in the but movie. But the, the robots the robots are front and center, yes. Yeah, I will yeah. Give you that. Okay, yes. Yeah, and so. that's and that is a good thing. But have fans abandoned this franchise? That's the question that we're gonna find out because at CinemaCon, I'll tell you this, and this might be a microcosm. Or what the movie does. When we were at the Transformers party, they had three of the giant robots. They had Optimus. They had the gorilla guy. I don't know his name. And somebody else. Mac Optimus. And they were all... His name's Maximal Primus. That's the name? Maximal Primus. Okay. So they had these guys and they're standing there. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. We're in Vegas. These, these robots are going to move. They're going to do some cool things. Guess what, man? All they did was light up. This is 2023 we're talking about. These robots should move. We're in Vegas. You're right. We're pretty close to the epicenter of, 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 of flash and circumstance and pops and whistles. Like Vegas is where you show off the stuff, right? To hype it up. This was, these were just plastic metal things that kind of lit up and you could take a selfie with them. It was pretty sad to tell you the truth. Paramount should have pulled out all the stops, got a couple robotics guys, and made these things move around. I feel like that's what's going to happen with this movie. It's a lot of flash. It's a lot of show. But at the box office, it's going to be slow movement. Okay. I'm sorry so, if that burst no, your it's bubble. All right. Hey, but... hey, 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 hey. I'm all okay <laughs> for objectives, okay? This is a raw yeah. feed. I, even I would have to point out some things. 
Paramount has done this situation with Dungeons and Dragons to release it right around Mario. So I don't think it made a lot of money back. It didn't make over the budget, but depending how much they spent on this movie, I think it did not. It's not gonna eventually break even. Well, and I'll admit, I love the movie. Just to point this out, I'm sure you loved the movie when you saw it. Everybody saw it. I loved it, but the word of mouth got taken away when Mario came out. So that's like Paramount's big mistake, and they're repeating that with Transformers. When Spider-Man and the Flash and then Indiana Jones are going to mush that together in a sandwich. So that's like another big mistake. But at least we don't have to see that with Mission Impossible this July. Because July looks like it's like clear out of the skies way once, you know, Tom Cruise. It's one of the few action movies coming out July that isn't going to take front center away from it. So I'm sure. But Rise of the Beast. Yeah. As much as I'm excited, I do agree. It is putting in the bad spot and maybe perhaps mention michael bay it's a michael bay movie but i i know this doesn't feel to me it doesn't feel like that because he's not writing or directing and there's less human cast which i think what they really improved on is to avoid clinch humany stereotypical characters that what they have with the bay movies that's the thing but yeah if is it gonna win the new people back is it gonna bring the old people back yeah it's a good question i'm not objecting that so that's a good point. And it's projecting 35 to 45, which I think I think they changed it to like 60 to 70 opening weekend because of pre-sales. So if I had to predict, though, I think it's going to make above the last night, which made over $44 million opening weekend when it opened in 2017. I, I'm going with a strong 50. At least over above call. Shazam. Above yeah. Shazam, at least. At least there's yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good call. Um, 30 to 5 to 45 would be disastrous. You know, I think 55 is where I'm, I'm going to sit. Uh, just because Spider-Man, like we talked about, is going to do so much business that second weekend, that's also going to hurt Transformers quite a bit. Yeah. And so 50 to 55 million seems like a pretty solid bet. It's going to die out really quickly. Probably won't even get to 150 million domestic, maybe 140 million. Somewhere, somewhere in there, probably. Yeah, let me see. Uh, I was looking at the cast. I was trying to correct this real quick about. Oh yeah, Dominic Fishback isn't. Yes, so I did say her name yeah. right. Uh, okay. So just like you, less human cast, which I like. I said they did improve that a little bit. So I don't know. Definitely. If I don't know. I think the character development is going to be obviously bad because they did not bring back Haley Steinfeld or John Cena. Yeah. That hurts it a little. So I'm sure yeah, the character is going to be underdeveloped no matter what. They say this is a direct continuation of Bumblebee, but yeah, without those two lead actors, it's hard to really expect people who like Bumblebee to really follow up with this one. Yeah. Now, I, I believe Bumblebee himself is in it. That's yeah. a good thing. Mm-hmm. But again, not having Cena, not having Haley is, is I think, a misstep for the Transformers And franchise. it's a considerable question, too. Is it like, now, it is a sequel to Bumblebee, correct? Yeah, it's, it's it cons- whatever they call it, does continuation. The, does the whole thing consider as like a reboot, though, before the Bay? Well, not a reboot, but like, let's say the prequel to the setting of like before the Bay movies or just a reboot itself? Because I think whatever whatever happened in Bumblebee, you remember, it's a continuation of that world. So I don't know if I, I, I don't think that Transformers then exists before that. Because I think that was the reboot. So, uh, but I, again, I'm not sure, and I don't think people care enough, honestly, outside of hardcore Transformers fans, 
really research that. And I think the older folks are kind of done with the franchise. You know, I'll go see it. I'm interested. But for the most part, uh, older audiences are kind of confused where this franchise actually is right now. And I think that's part of the issues, too. Yeah. So. But yeah, I think I'm going 50. You're going 55. Fair number. Um, as long as it makes above the last actual Transformers and above Shazam Fury of the Gods, I think that would be okay. But we'll see where the business stands. And, and something to note, next summer, Paramount's doubling down on Transformers. There's a Transformers animated film coming out called Transformers 1. Yes. So they better hope that this does well because they already have a lot of money invested in this Transformers universe and they're not slowing down. So, um, hey, fans of the original 80s Transformers cartoon, and I know you're out there, it is one of the best Transformers film ever put to the movie screen. This could excite them. This could bring them back. Um, again, animated Transformers next summer. Keep an open mind. Yes, sir. One more thing to mention. At least they got Optimus. They got Peter Collins, Optimus Prime. He is obviously the main star of, to at least the, the main star of Optimus Prime. Who can do it better without Peter Collins? That's why I'm happy. He's Absolutely. Back. So. Absolutely. Along with others, just to point this out, let's see. Uh, Michelle Michelle Yeoh plays uh, a a Maximal who won an Oscar from Everything Ever All at Once, so maybe that attracted fans of that. Maybe. Uh, Ron Pullman plays Optimus Primal. That's the gorilla name, by the way. Interesting. Yeah, that's right. Right there. Oh, P. Davidson plays Mirage, the Autobot, too. <laughs> so interesting voice cast right there. I like it. I like the choices of that. So yeah, I do too. I think that's a it's a good start. Either way. I'm ready to roll out Transformers next month. Very excited. <laughs> but now we're going on to the big week of my the week the big week of my life right there in middle of June right there. But before <laughs> we get to the big stuff, the big thing, sorry, why don't we just talk about June 16th's Element Pixar's Elemental? Where do you stand on this? Uh at CinemaCon Disney showed about 20 minutes of Elemental. In and 3D, all I saw... In 3D, correct? I'm sure In they, 3D, yeah. correct, yes. Okay, cool. And in terms of what Pixar is about, what they've been about lately, and we all know that most of their films have been going to Disney+, Plus. their last, I believe, three films have gone to Disney+, Plus because of the pandemic and the issues that, uh, that were apparent, obviously, to most of us. Now, because of what happened with Lightyear last summer, a lot of people were... Giving Pixar thumbs down. A lot of people said they're done. Nope, you know, they're not going to forgive them for releasing films um, directly to Disney+. Plus. I see Elemental, and when I watched the 20 minutes, all I knew going in is there was a hot and a fire, and these elements were going to connect, and it was a love story, right? That's all I got from the little trailer before that. But when I saw this 20 minutes, I saw this, like, world open up, and I'm like, okay... This is classic Pixar. This is what they were so good with Inside Out. They're so good with Up. Films that you've never heard of. Worlds that you've never heard of. And they bring you an entire world to digest. That's what Elemental seems like to me. A return to that classic Pixar filmmaking. Um, on the big screen. With a story that's not really just a love story. As most Pixar, all the good Pixar films aren't just about what you think they're about. There's so much subtext to these films. There's also this great story, which the 20 minutes that we saw showed a lot of, of 
this relationship between this girl, this fire element girl, and her father, and the things that happen there. I almost teared up. I'm not going to lie. Um, Pixar films have a way of doing that. This is, from what I saw, this is a good film. You can just tell. It's not The Last Dinosaur. You know, it's not Lightyear. Or it's not Strange World. It's not Strange World at all. This is classic Pixar. Now, it may not open as big as we've seen, you know, in the 70s, 80s, 90 millions that they used to get. Obviously, with Toy Story, $100 million openings. This is a little bit different, and I think the response is going to be slow. But as we saw with Puss in Boots, as we saw with Super Meyer Brothers, an animated film in the marketplace, if it's good and audiences respond to it, it lasts for months. Five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. This is what we've seen from animated films over the last year. If Elemental does get great word of mouth, we're going to see big things. It's going to be, uh, you know, a top 10 film this summer, as long as the word of mouth is good. And I think it will be. Again, the only other animated film is uh, DreamWorks' uh, Ruby Gilman, which opens at the end of June. That looks like a light, pretty much a very light DreamWorks film. It's not a Kung Fu Panda by any means. So it shouldn't have very much trouble as long as people really respond to it. I think uh, I think this could be a return to form for Pixar. I agree. So back to what I was going to say, I wasn't downing Elemental because, yeah, the way I see the trailers, they look promising. And what you said, thank you very much for explaining this. You were at CinemaCon, you saw like 20 minutes. That gives you all the hope that Pixar could turn things around as Bob Egger steps up. He's obviously marketing this as much as he can word of mouth maybe if the word of mouth kicks in hard so it serves a good counter against the flash that on the hand i feel like i have faith because bob jpeg's no longer the building he would have obviously given he would not give 20 shits on pixar for this but bob Egger, i feel like he's got the elemental touch to the likings of it so i have no doubts i'm obviously going to see the movie the following week not the week when the flash comes out so just to compare and, and room out something real quick, it does come out the same week and I'm going to see that flash the week of the release and then see Elemental the following week where I have nothing to see. So just to space that out, how I'm going to do the episode, instead of two in a week of a row, I'll be doing one each week. So back to what I was saying, Elemental really looks surprising i just like the story the first teaser it looks promising i thought it was cute and charming and then the second trailer we got looks even wonderful i and you said the touches back might make us cry might make the young kids and parents cry which is, might be something and so far we've seen mario we've seen puss in boots they're all families came back and the way you can get them back is if you market the shit out of these products and not worry about a single thing to put this on streaming. If you're if you're someone like Bob Shapek, who will not give a shit about marketing this, same way with Lightyear, same way with, well, Lightyear always had issues too, but same thing with Strange World. Strange World was the biggest thing they messed up on. With Bob Shapek out, Bob Egger in, things could have been different, but Elemental looks like it is going to be a promising one. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that for sure. I, lo I 
watching these movies would make me feel like a kid again. I can't mm-hmm. like watching Ratatouille, for instance, when I was like seven, eight years old was like wonderful. And I'm hoping that same touch feeling goes to me when I see a Pixar movie like Elemental. And I can sense that movie is also well to like Inside Out, Up. Yeah, what you said, Inside Out, Up. Those are like those new IPs. So if it goes well, maybe they'll make a second Elemental movie. Who knows? Just too early. If not, it's okay because guess what? Inside Out Part 2 comes out next Next summer. Next year, yep. yep. (laughs) I have to see the first one for sure, but looks like the people that love the first Inside Out is going to turn up for this. So, uh, projection-wise, it is projecting 28 to 38. And now, a lot of people were so skeptical on that number. It makes sense, because the Flash debuts. So, all eyes on the Flash that week. And yeah. I think it's fair. So, if I had to call out a number for Elemental, I'd say it'll make 33. 33 above I Shazam. Think, what do you think? Yep. That's a good number. Uh, again, this is Pixar's return, real official return to movie theaters, opening up with against one of the most anticipated films of the summer. And and even though we say you know Pixar is for families, guess what? Superheroes are for families too these days. Um, we've seen that with Marvel. We've seen that with some DC films, especially Wonder Woman. Uh, families turned out in droves. For that film, they will probably for The Flash as well, uh, because you have the older um, audiences who remember Michael Keaton as Batman. He's returning here. That's no surprise to anybody who follows this stuff. Uh, so Elemental is going to be up against a lot. So yeah, I think that's a fair number. I might go a bit higher. I might edge towards $40 million. Um, Again, uh, Elemental is going to play long, I think, as long as it's, as long as the the rest of the film is like the first 20 minutes. It looks pretty damn good. And the animation is, like you said, it's wonderful. It's oh, yeah. crisp. In 3D, it's beautiful. It is, oh, you guys, it's a work should of I, art. Should I go see it in 3D? Even I just only yes. watch only watch Avatar in 3D, but I might turn up yes. to see this in 3D? Okay. I'll consider yes, that. Absolutely. I'll consider that. I'll consider that for sure. So definitely going to see it's Elemental one of those for films, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those films and Pixar, it's like, I don't go to many 3D films either, but for really good animated films, especially from Pixar, uh, obviously Avatar, uh, there are a few exceptions. Sometimes I'll go see a, a Marvel movie in 3D just for just for fun, uh, but Pixar is one of those that I think it's worth the uptick in ticket price. I totally agree. So, all right, so you're going, you said 40, I'm going 33. So you're a little higher than me, but hey, as long as it does business, the legs. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Pixar's on back on the roll. All right, so before we get to The Flash, we're going to talk about the blackening. So I did see that trailer just for that second when it came out in March. I thought it looked funny, but not my taste. And the Boogeyman comes out. So, but I thought the premising looks funny, at least. The funny part, I think it'll do... A little countering well, but again, a lot of potent pulls. Maybe I'll just make the black phone money, I say. Where do you stand to this? Yeah. Yeah, the blackening seems like a really great trailer. Like if you were doing a, a funny spoof trailer, that would be the blackening. I don't know about making it into a full feature-length movie. That's an issue. Um, Lionsgate is opening up against two huge properties. I don't even know if there's room for counter-programming, to, to, to be honest with you. Um, you're going up against a Pixar film and a DC film, which is the most anticipated maybe ever for Warner Brothers. Good luck. 
So unfortunately, Lionsgate picked the wrong date, stuck with it. This film will be lucky to open with $5 million. I agree. I think the projections are going to be low. Actually, it's projecting 13 to 18. I think it's going to make $10 Two. million. Too much high for that. I think it's low budget, yeah. so I think it'll do okay. So yeah, exactly. I'm going it's 10 fine. Mil- I'm going 10 million it's, for that. It's fine. You know, I'll go half of that. It's just again, it's so much is about success in the movie industry. It's about finding the right release date for your film to breathe and find an audience. Good luck finding an audience, even though, yeah, you're right. This is for, this is really, I mean, it's called the blackening. It's no surprise this is for the black community, right? But they're also interested in Elemental. They're also interested in The Flash. Pick a weekend when your specific demo is not interested in seeing these other films. Or take the it's risk, pretty obvious. Or take the risk to do a triple feature or double feature. That's one of them. At well, least if you take the whole day well, yeah. off or something, if you have a whole weekend or something. And, and as a young person, you can certainly do that. As you get older, it's way more difficult to go see even a double feature. Sadly, I hate to spoil that for anybody who's gearing up to get into their 40s. It's very difficult. Um, so enjoy those double and triple features while you're in your 20s, folks. I did it so much, and it was a, it was a wonderful time. I did a double feature <laughs> since, like, oh, man, since I literally forgot when I went to see a double feature, but probably since... Last year, when I see Nope and Top Gun Maverick, yeah. So if you get those moments to like, if you get a chance that you want to see both movies out of the way, if you're a young age, do it as you can in your whole day off. And I promise you, it's worth the wait. I mean, it's worth the paying off that before getting older. It is absolutely all right. So you're going. You said half of ten million. You're saying you're going like. You know what? I'm gonna change mine. I'm going nine million. Nine million, and you're going like under. I'm going like five. I mean, maybe it gets to seven if if the black community shows up. But again, they've got a lot of other things. I think the word of mouth is going to kick in good, I heard. I heard some reactions we'll on see. Twitter, so we'll see about that. Yeah, we will see. So, before I sip my water real quick. Yeah. Now we're going to the big, 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 big film. Under development for five, I mean, not five, ten years, like almost a decade. And now it's finally coming out. No more controversials from this particular guy, which I'm glad he's getting the help he needs. And no more waits, no more merriments. We got the flash, June 16th. This is what I wanted to save on in that on that week for it. Yeah. And it's fine. It's finally coming. You're gonna get your plain billies, your your plain billies, the plain checks. Oh, I can't say the shape. I can't get this down from what Pat says on the show, but. You're going to get everybody, almost every teens, under 35s, over 35s, for Michael Keaton, like you mentioned, coming out to see this film. And it's going to make Bonsai, Bafa Bobo, as this projects, 115 to $140 million. I think it's going to make maverick money because CinemaCon played that movie. And the fact Warner Brothers had the balls to stand up for their product out of all that they just care about i mean you got barbie you got dune you got all these next temples and they're showing up promising things at CinemaCon. but one of them was the biggest step up they also released evil dead rise that's one of their successes so far shazam bombed house party i guess bombed and i believe magic might bombed they just didn't market it enough with their money you know if i'm not mistaken tell me i'm wrong nope that's right i mean 
Warner Brothers has had a tough couple of years. Let's be honest. They had a tough couple of years before the pandemic. They, they just had to find their footing again in today's marketplace. And let me tell you, they found it with the flash. It's no surprise. I was one of those guys that saw it, who was a little skeptical going in, wasn't sure. I believed everything that I heard, especially from Warner Brothers, because they've been pushing a lot of strange stuff lately. But this movie delivers. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. That's not what we're here to do. But let me just say that Ezra Miller, in the in the role that he plays in this film is spectacular. I've never really thought about Ezra as a really gifted actor. After this, that changed my mind. He is so good in this. He even upstaged Michael Keaton, who is so good in this. You know, we it's nice to see a cape crusader that really has the cojones to still fight on screen the way that he did. We've seen Affleck. We've seen George Clooney, Val Kilmer, all these Batman, Christian. Robert Pattinson. Uh, exactly. Robert Pattinson, the latest one. And that's great. And everybody has their own little take. But when you go back to the OG, like Michael Keaton, and he still brings it the way he brings it in this movie, you're like, damn, that guy's good. That guy's got some serious cojones under that cod piece. You know, this guy uh, can act. He could still do the action. Uh, and it's great to see he and Ezra play off each other. I'm just going to, that's, I'll leave it at that because I don't want to spoil anything. But this film is the multiverse version of Spider Man and it's going to make big money for DC. Tom Cruise. Uh, that, I'm sure Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah. Tom Cruise did say it's the movie we need. So there you go. Absolutely. He may not be a superhero guy, but he knows what's up with the industry. That's what I yeah, like to good. see, man. And it's good filmmaking. It's a good film. Even outside of the... Whether you like DC or not, it doesn't really matter because it kind of resets everything in the universe. So Ezra will have a place in the next incarnation of whatever that ends up being. Ezra could be a big part of that as long as, you know, he, like you said, gets the help he needs and, and you know, just because, just stays an actor, stays out of trouble. And that's, I think, what we all hope because his promise is so big. And after seeing this, you realize that. So going on to the numbers, we don't want to waste too much time, but that's the hypest I can get right now with you talking about The Flash. You were those people who went to see it at CinemaCon. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. Now I can share it to my friends and just get excited as shit and be stoked. So And tickets come yeah, out tomorrow, too. Oh, man. Yeah. I think it's going to... I'm telling you. I think the tickets are going to flood the gates so yeah. hard, man. The tickets just for gonna... Indiana, tickets for Indiana Jones just came out this morning. But I think yeah. for the Flash, it's gonna flood everywhere for that. No yeah, pe doubt. People are gonna geek. People are gonna geek out over this. It's just it is that it's fun. It's a fun DC movie. Yet it's serious. It's like all the things that you'd hoped a DC movie would be, and you were you know maybe you were disappointed by some of the last few DC films. This is not that. This is something where you're like, God damn, they got it right, and it feels good because they should be competing with Marvel in terms of box office. They should be an equal footing. This gets them much closer to that. Definitely. Definitely. Number. So. Now we're talking about the number. Yes. Uh, listen, listen, the Batman opened at 134 million and the Batman is the crown jewel of the DC franchise, right? Well, you got Batman in this, right? So it, it's sort of a, an Avengers film, right? For DC. It is the real Justice League. Um, here's the thing, though. Um, again, you're opening against Elemental. So you're taking some of the some of the like if, if Elemental opens it 40 to 50 million, that's a big chunk of change. 
that's a big chunk of change that probably would have gone to the Flash had Elemental not been there. So I'll be a little conservative, even though I think the Flash is going to op easily open over $100 million. Um, you know, I'll say that it opens at $130 million, which is, you know, which is right on par with the Batman, right? But like you said, the hype is so real for this, it would not surprise me if this thing jumped that and went to $150 million. Are you kidding me? For the Flash? Yes, it's possible. It just depends, again, how Elemental performs and the Flash perform that same weekend. It's big enough, obviously, for two films, but remember this. Pixar is going to get a lot of those 3D screens. Pixar is going to get a lot of those PLF screens. And so the Flash and Elemental are going to share those. And that's not a great thing for the Flash, honestly. Um, again, you don't like to see this happen, but it's summer. There's a lot of big movies out there. So you're not going to get all the biggest screens. Uh, that's why I'm saying conservatively 130 million. What's your take? I'm going balls deep. I think it's going to make yeah. above the biggest movie of like domestic this year's opening weekend. Mari made like 143. But I'm going to say this real quick. I have my own. I almost said, I don't want to say the same word again, but buckets are off feed. <laughs> I have the balls to say it's going to make 150. There. Yes. Above yes. Mario's like opening it. weekend. There's no like fucking it. doubt. Adults comes out, young teens, older teens, tweens and dweebs, plain Billy Stacks, all coming out to see this top version of Top Gun Maverick in a superhero way. There's my take. Yeah. 150. Like it. 150. What about you? Said I like it. You said 150, you said? I said oh, 130. I said 130, sorry, 130, sorry. 130. But it could go up to 150, like I said. If, if all the... If everything lines up for this film like we think it will, we know it has the goods. That's the thing. It has the word of mouth. It has this pre-release word of mouth. Warner Brothers was the only studio in town that had the balls to bring out a big hitter to CinemaCon. That was a mistake by Disney. They should have rolled out Indiana Jones or The Little Mermaid, not The Boogeyman. That would have been hype for either of those films. And Little Mermaid's getting decent reviews. Indiana Jones, not so much. And so maybe we'll we get know to, why. We're going to get to that in a sec. But yeah. yeah. And, and maybe we know why they didn't roll that out. But Disney should have opened The Little Mermaid. They didn't. Guess what? Warner Brothers opened The Flash the same way that Paramount opened Top Gun Maverick at CinemaCon last year. And we know what happened with that film. It became the number one film of the summer. Listen, Flash is on that trajectory. He's not wrong here, folks. This film... I had as much fun watching this as I had as watching Top Gun. And that says a lot, you know, because there's so much built into the Top Gun mythos. Well, sitting through, and I'm not the biggest fan of Snyder. I'll just say that up front. I just, I didn't like the way, the direction those films went. To me, that wasn't authentic DC. To me, authentic DC is the Superman films, the early Superman films, the early Tim Burton Batman films. That, to me, encapsulates what I believe DC is capable of. And what they did with The Flash is they kind of married those two. Uh, yet I think they lean a little more towards the original Superman and the original Batman in that way. But they add elements of that Snyder universe in there. So it kind of appeals, I think, to both fan bases. That's what you got to do to open $150 million. Oh, yeah. I'm so going to talk to Pat and Clayton to have me on the show again for The Flash because I have my <laughs> own reasons to go on this show and just admit at least Clayton wrong on his thoughts. At least. <laughs> I can't wait to show how skeptical you could get, but we'll see. I like the guy. Uh, well, don't you get know, me wrong. Don't get me oh, wrong. I, I like him like too. 
I, I like him too. Love the guy, but he does not like superhero films. Let's uh, just be honest. Dude. He does not like He's going to get proven wrong. We'll see. Moving on, though. <laughs> I want to take too long. You're going 130. I'm going 150. Biggest domestic opener so far, 2023. I'm getting my take on that. Biggest take on that. All right. So, fortunately, I'm on Box Office Pro, and there's not more projections since I'm on the Flash article one. So, uh, what's coming out June 23rd? If you have it in your head, that's the bond. June 23rd is No Hard Feelings. Yep. This is uh, Jennifer Lawrence's R-rated romantic kind of comedy. Um, it's interesting because Hollywood has fallen out of love with rom-coms. They've fallen out of love with R-rated comedies because, oh no, somebody got offended. We better not make this film because somebody's going to be offended. Of course. Are you fucking kidding me? That's what good comedy does. It offends a lot of people. Half the people are offended. Half the people love it. That's just comedy. It walks a line and you either are on one side of it or the other. And guess what? It's okay. Not everybody has to like everything. That's why I'm, I'm excited that Sony is bringing back the R-rated comedy, especially in the summer. In the 80s, the summer was full of R-rated comedies. In the 90s, a little bit. Since the 2000s, they're just gone because it unfortunately offended somebody. It's nice to see this rebound, and I hope it does well. I really do, because I think we're missing out on a lot of great jokes and a lot of great movies if we don't have R-rated films, if we don't have rom-coms. Um, there's a, there's a, you know, it's not Hallmark movies. That's not romance, folks. I hate to break it to you. You know, there is definitely an R-rated line that that rom-com falls into pretty easily, and let's hope we see more of that. No Hard Feelings has the weekend to itself. I believe uh, Asteroid City, uh, this is Focus Features. This is Wes Anderson's new film. It goes into a wide expansion on that same weekend. But we all kind of know what Wes Anderson films do opening weekend, you know, somewhere in the mid-teens, something like that. So No Hard Feelings, I would hope it's into that low 20 million, 20, 25 million, something like that. That would be great. And coming off uh, if it, oh, sorry, go ahead. I oh, and if it, if it doesn't get there, you know, if we're talking about 16 or 17 million, still not a bad, still not a bad showing. Again, let's hope it has legs. And let's hope the star power Jennifer Lawrence comes back to the big screen because coming off from Don't Look Up on Netflix, which I think it's one of the worst returns she's done from her break. I felt like she's just, I felt like her short return should have been that movie. Don't Look Up, maybe one a big hit on Netflix, but. I think it was a worst, worst comeback. Same with Leonardo DiCaprio on top of that. I'm just, throwing, but, I'm throwing yeah. eyes here. So I'm assuming hopefully there's enough star power to Jennifer Lawrence's comeback A game. I do have respect for that film. Not interested to it, neither Asteroid City, but I'm using that way to watch Pixar's Elemental. So good call. And that's what most people will do. If you only pick one film on the 16th, which is probably The Flash. You will probably see Elemental the week after. And that's why I, I have, there's a lot of hope for No Hard Feelings, but I have a feeling it's going to disappoint at the box office. It's, it's, I don't know that, I love R-rated comedies. I'm not sure that she's the right choice to lead the R-rated brigade back into theaters. Uh, we'll find out though. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm predicting for her comeback return, maybe 15 million. Let's not forget the Flash is going to have all the PLFs and everything week two. So it's still going to do strong. And, and if the word of mouth kicks in high gear like Maverick did, 
it's gonna hold very strong for a superhero movie probably under 50s we'll see all right uh before we get to the uh june 30th well we're going we're all we are going to june 30th but before we talk about one last thing going on the big month of june well let's talk about ruby gilman and the kraken that's the name of the movie ruby gilman is the name yeah ruby gilman okay. teenage kraken this is dreamworks animated film um this is light for them and in fact usually when they release or at least do a pre-tease on a poster or a trailer they do it months ahead of time this is very this is a very short window it almost leads me to believe that they were wondering if they should just go straight to streaming with this but then maybe they saw hey you know what these animated films have been doing so well in theaters uh let's put this out there and just see what happens um this is this is their b game this is not their a game no this is not secret life of pets you can see that in the animation. You can see that in the story. It looks like a hundred other films you've already seen. Um, it'll get the kids. It's a kiddie animated film. It is not for families, not necessarily for families, definitely not for teens as much as, um, say, Super Mario Brothers or Puss in Boots is. Uh, this is going to have a tough go at the box office, I think. Uh, Ruby Gilman uh, opening against Indiana Jones, still in the wash of, especially if Elemental's a hit, Two weeks later, it'll still be a hit, and it'll probably open lower than Elemental's third week. I'm um, growing with the fact Ruby Gilman is like another dose. Okay, so it's not going to do well to me because you got Spider-Man. If it goes on, you got Elemental. If it goes on, another family fun movie. Movies coming on for families, but Pixar mostly. I don't think. I think at, at least they just moved Harold the Purple Crayon out of the month. Finally, yeah, they should have came out with that still. But Ruby Gilman, I feel like it's a bad kind of release to it and just counterfeiting too much, you know. So I don't think it's going to do significantly big as possible. I'm going like 10 million on that. Yeah, I'm going to go 13 just because kids are off. It's summer and parents say, you know, hey, I want some relief. Let's take the kids to this Ruby, Rudy, Gil, whatever the hell it is. Let's just take them to that. Don't expect a sequel, but do expect an animated series, I'm sure. I'm sure Peacock would love to have a new or Netflix series. or Netflix yeah, or Netflix. Exactly. So this is a precursor to whatever they're doing next with Ruby Gilman, but yeah, not, not much of a box office force. I wouldn't think. So Jeff, are you ready to get down to the final thing of June? Oh. And can we play, can we even sing the tune song of this theme of the franchise? I love to, because <laughs> it's so special. So iconic. It's the goosebumps of what this franchise oh. holds. You want to give it a go oh, yeah. together? One, two, three. I mean, how can you miss? Even though we mangled it, it was recognizable and everybody knows that theme song. Everybody does. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. One of my top ten. And fact is, besides all the movies of June are like my top 10 most anticipated, which is why June is exciting to me. Indiana Jones is one of them. It's I'm definitely have to see the other ones. Thank God they're dropping all of them on Paramount on uh, Disney Plus on the 31st. Yeah. So there's my chance yeah. to catch on some homework assignment and get the story facts going. So Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, June 30th is the final June Fantastico flick. So before we get into 
no projections, uh, not yet. Ticket type came out as of recording this today, Monday, June 22nd. And we got the word that played at Cannes Film Festival last week, as of this recording, depending when you listen to episode. I'm surprised, considering you got one of the best film directors who did Logan, The Wolverine, Ford V. Ferrari. I'm surprised it's getting... Uh, now, look, it's just critics, huh? It's We care about critics, huh? It's a French critics, huh? It's American critics, huh? No, listen, let's slow down for one second. They're just critics. Even if I want to become a critic, I wouldn't be this harsh of a critic. Let me just be real on that. I'm surprised Indiana Jones and Dial Destiny is getting mixed word of mouth from critics at the moment. And considering we don't have any social embargoes yet, I'm surprised to see what this percentage goes. So as of this moment from Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, it's an like at 52, 53% on Rotten Tomatoes by chance. I'm going to research it up right now. But that's where it stands completely right this sec. I'm very shocked to seeing it. So, yeah, 52% right now on Round Tomatoes. Now, let me put this clear. Just because you guys hear the word of mouth from critics doesn't mean you can object the fact that you don't want to miss this movie. You have to see this movie because it's Harrison Ford, biggest star of the show since his cult hits. And it's just, it's just critics. Let the audiences matter to you more. Even me, even Jeff here. And you got to see like footages of the movie at CinemaCon, correct? What do you think of it if you did see it? He gave us about a 15, 20 minute preview. Um, unfortunately, it was just an action scene. And it was pretty generic, honestly. I, I think I tweeted out this, that it wasn't anything that special. Um, and I was actually surprised that they just gave us that. So I already, I, I, I kind of internally said that there's something going on with this film. I don't know what it is, but why when you have all of these people at CinemaCon and you're going to premiere at Cannes, I get it. Why not show the whole thing? If, it's, if it is that good and it lives up to it, in the same way that Top Gun, Maverick, Paramount knew that they had something really good, so they showed the whole thing. And that started the hype. And then they dropped it in Cannes. And then that continued the hype and all the reviews were good, right? This is the opposite of that, it sounds like. And I know, I agree. I don't trust critics. Pick up three or four of your favorite ones. Go with them. Whatever your taste aligns. I'm going with Eric Davis. I love Eric Davis. I'm a huge fan okay, of him. Exactly. If you, yeah. And if you find one or two that you love, whatever they say, you're like, hey, you know what? I like his taste. And if he likes it, I'll like it. But the thing is with Indy and um, the issue here in play is that Harrison Ford's 80 years old, right? When we're trying to still make him an action star and it's difficult. Like he broke his ankle. He was out. He was sidelined, right? It's very, it's just, it's, it's the human body folks. It's difficult. Even Tom Cruise in his, I believe he's in his late fifties, maybe early sixties. He can still do it though. He's in tip top shape. This man can still do all his own stunts and you can see it on screen. Like you can't lie. Even with CGI, you cannot lie. When I'm watching Harrison in these action scenes, I'm just like, I feel scared for his life, like Harrison Ford's life, not Indiana Jones's life. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little upsetting, to tell you the truth. Um, Not that I don't want to see it, not that I'm not going to go see it. Of course I'm going to see it opening weekend, and a Me lot too. of people are. In the same way that a lot of people saw Top Gun Maverick for the nostalgia factor. 
You know, a lot of people love indie. They wouldn't miss an adventure. Even if they didn't like Crystal Skull, guess what? That film still opened with $100 million back in 2008. Do you know what adjusted for inflation that is? It opened with, in today's dollars, $140 million. That's a huge number. I don't think Dial of Destiny will hit that number. So we're talking about $140 million, right? But it is playing over one of the most lucrative holidays, over 4th of July. It opens June 30th, which basically means it's the 4th of July film, the Independence Day film of choice for most people. And that's a very lucrative window. So it opens on June 30th and plays incredibly. I mean, it will do incredibly because if you look at it, Mission Impossible doesn't come out for two weeks after that. I believe July 12th. You'll get the whole PLS and all that for the first two weeks of yeah, that release. Exactly. And Insidious and Joyride are the first July 7th releases, which don't really compete with Indy. So Indy has a great window, and it is the only big film out there. So it'll do well just because of that, regardless of what the critics say, because Nostalgia Factor is already built in. The man with the hat is back. He has the whip. He's saying the quips. People are going to go see this with their family. Yeah, exactly. Boom, boom. Yeah. It's a done deal. You know, this is going to be a big film. Um, can it open with a hundred million? I think it gets close to Me that. Me too. Here's I think the thing. It gets close. I love to see it make it a hundred because like the last one did, it did like what you said, 144 day, correct? 140, uh, adjusted for inflation. Okay. A hundred million in those dollars in, okay. in 2008. I'm going my gut and say it's going to make 130 because why not? I think it'll just be that kind of film to make that for sure. I'll make a little more on a three day side against the Christmas kingdom of the Christmas skull. So 130 for me. What about your take? Yeah, I, I, again, I think it gets, you know, I'll, I call it 100 even. Let's just give it 100. Somewhere somewhere maybe below, somewhere maybe above. But again, this is going to play, if you look at into July, yeah, there's Mission Impossible, there's Oppenheimer, there's Barbie, but there is also room for Indy for the rest of the summer. It's not like Indy's going to fade away in two to three weeks, even if it when it loses those screens. India is one of those films like Top Gun that audiences either are going to go see once, maybe twice, maybe three times. And they're also the older folks probably aren't going to rush out. They'll see it when they see it. Uh, the same way Top Gun returned to number one over Labor, Labor Day, Day weekend. I, yeah, I don't think India's going to pull that off. India's going to have really good legs. It's going to go 12 rounds. It's going to stay in theaters for the rest of summer. That means from June 30th until Labor Day, you'll still be able to see Indy. That's that's the kind of franchise it is. People love it. You know, they're not going to abandon it just because some critics didn't like it because Spielberg didn't direct it. You know, it still has Harrison Ford. It still has all the bells and whistles of an indie film. And you got James Mangold, um, one of the hottest directors. Yeah, and he's yeah he he's very good at directing. There's you can't deny it with his his previous films. If you look at what he's done throughout his career, he's a he's a very gifted director. I'm not going to criticize the fact because of the mixed reviews, but I that's nothing to do with like the idea of James Mangold directing. I mean, look, as audiences, I think everyone's going to turn up to it because of his work with Logan, Ford v. Ferrari, Wolverine, and then he did something called 310 to Yuma, that one. Yeah, those are his critical acclaimed films like that. Logan, though, was like my favorite and possibly one of the best comic book movies out there for sure. I enjoy it. So I'm expecting hopes on James Mangold to me. And considering he's also doing the Bob Dylan biopic with Timothy Chalamet. That's exciting. I'm obviously going to check that one for sure. 
I have high hopes for James for sure. I have no reasons to conduct there, but this is like definitely, hopefully, his most gifted film he's done through the franchise without Steven Spielberg. But I, he did mention that he loved the film. I'm sure he did saw it like early in the somehow, but there's something right there from Steven, the old director from the last films. Steven Spielberg knows the touch and he praised James Mangold like that. So there's that. So. I agree. I think it's it's going to be the one of the strongest films of the summer. Should be in the top five. Same with the Flash, um, possibly Spider Man. So you know, when we look at June, you're right. We're looking at a lot of big films. Some of the biggest films of the summer coming out in June, um, and it, that carries us obviously over into July, which there's a lot of big films there too. Um, um, but again, June really kicks it off. Uh, Little Mermaid. Is going to do big numbers, and every single weekend after that, we're going to have we're going to have a lots of big Otho box office. Uh, this is a good summer. This is solid for Hollywood. Totally, totally. So I'm going 130. You say you're going with what number again? I'm gonna. Uh, I'll give it 103. Let's let's give it 103. Okay, okay. So I'm higher than yours, <laughs> but either way, as long as it makes 100, I think that's where they're yeah. going to project on box office pro. I'm assuming. So we probably will see. So is there? Anything, any other movies of June that we haven't touched based on? I'm all ears, so. I mean, I believe we covered everything. We didn't really talk about um, Asteroid City, Wes Anderson. But again, Wes Anderson is going to do what Wes Anderson does. That's just the, the size of it. You mentioned that Harold and the Purple Crayon moved. Sony had kept that date. It was supposed to open against Indiana and Ruby Gilman. It would have got destroyed. They didn't even have a poster out. They didn't have a trailer out. Or marketing. We all knew it. Yeah, and marketed. We all knew it wasn't coming out. They just hadn't said anything. They finally did a week ago. They pushed it till next summer. It's going to open in August of 2024, um, which is a good place for that film um, because we hadn't seen one screenshot of it. They didn't show anything at CinemaCon. That's, that's telling. If you're not going to put it in your promos at CinemaCon and it's supposed to come out this summer, it ain't happening, folks. Just a word to the wise. Um, yeah, just reiterate how good The Flash is, how strong that's going to be, how this is very needed for the DC universe going forward. <clears throat> and there's a reason why, why James Gunn, you know, didn't let this film fall to HBO Max or go the way of Batgirl, right? Which just, just got buried because they saw something in it, because the direction of this film is really good. This is from the director of It!, if anybody's seen it and the sequel, I cannot, very wait, well done. cannot wait to rave yeah. on Andy Muschietti, but man, yeah. I know he has got touched to it for his first superhero appearance. Yes. And didn't he mention yes. also to touch that? I forgot to touch this. Did he went on CinemaCon upstage and talked about Urza Miller being one of the best people yes. he worked with? Yes, he did. And obviously Warner Brothers probably cued him into that, but I don't think he's the type of guy who wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. No, Ezra did not show up to CinemaCon. I don't think we really expected that to. I think we were hoping to get Michael Keaton, but he's a busy man. Um, but yes, what the director said about Ezra was key. And when you watch this film, you see how good he is. And, and, and it's probably one of the best performances since maybe Iron Man, since maybe Robert Downey Jr., um, where the character and the actor meld into one you know and you can't even think about iron man without thinking about robert downey jr that 
became the flash for me with Ezra while watching it. I, you know, I wasn't sold on Snyder's because he, he had small, it was small parts, right? It was a small role. This one really expands that, really expands Ezra's acting capabilities too, in a way I don't think most audience have seen before. Um, he's a special actor, and I think those words that the director said were very real and very heartfelt. You know, whatever issues he has in his own life, hey, we all have issues, right? His are just going to be front page story. And hopefully he grows and gets past them and realizes, what, you know, what a great life he has ahead of himself <laughs> if he just stays on the straight and narrow, you know? Yeah. Things are going to happen for Ezra after this film as long as, um, you know, he gets back to it. Absolutely. All right. But as we're about to unfold this episode, we are going to also call out which one will be the winner and which one will be the loser of next month. So let me go first because I have my most sacred ones I want to pick and maybe some surprising ones. So let's go top three or top five. Do you think which will come? I think top five would be better. Okay. So number one, slam doing number one is going to be the flash of the summer of June. The second winner is going to be Spider-Man. Number three, Indiana Jones. And number four, Elemental. And my number five winner of June. I hate to not say... I'm not going to say the name because... Well, I'll say down like the losers. But the Boogeyman could be the winner of next month. Could be a surprise. Yeah. Um, and my... Uh, I, I'll go ahead. Sorry. I was going to do the losers, so, but go ahead. Okay. I'll do my winners. Yeah. So we get all the winners in order here. Um, Flash, definitely number one. I'll switch it up a little. I'll go Indiana Jones because of nostalgia is number two. Spider-Man, number three. Um, man, those are my real winners. A anything else that follows that? Um, yeah, Boogeyman could surprise. No Hard Feelings could surprise. I just don't see it happening. I can only pick three. Honestly, those are my three winners. I can't go to five because I just don't believe in that. I respect that. Films. I respect that. Uh, so the losers. I'm going to have to say this movie because even if I'm excited, but from the perspective, it's got to struggle. Transformers Rise of the Beast, unfortunately. I'm going to say no hard feelings in case, you know, the Jennifer Lawrence stars returning to Netflix kind of hinders her comeback just for that. Ruby Gilman. Um, I think the, no, I don't think the blackening would do this bad. I think it'll just do fine. I mean, considering it's a, yeah. All right, so those are the three losers. Um, Transformers, No Hard Feelings. Oh, and Asteroid City. Asteroid City, probably, for yeah. sure, yeah. And, I, uh, and uh, Ruby I'll, Gilman. That's top four for me. I'll amend my top four. I, uh, top three. I said top three, and it couldn't be five, but Elemental is definitely number four. It is going to surprise, I think, so I will amend that. The Flash, Indiana Jones, Spider-Man, and Elemental as the top four. Uh, the bottom, you're right. I think Transformers is just going to struggle. It's in a tough place. It's got a lot of things working against it. That's going to be a big misfire by Paramount. The only saving grace would be that it does well overseas. Um, and you said it. The other one would probably be No Hard Feelings. I just don't know if it connect, will connect. And then the third... Ruby Gilman, I just, I don't see a place for this in the summer box office. So uh, those three films are going to, I think, struggle a little bit. Um, the other four that we talked about should do Oppo box office all summer long, not just in June, 
these films are going to have legs. They're going to go 12 rounds. Totally, totally. Oh, man. So, everyone, if you have made it through this episode, this is an episode where I want to promote for my show, I Screen, You Scream, for movies for June. This is one of the biggest podcasting months for me to get podcasts live, uh, movie reviews going forward. So that's one of my big promos to promote my June content going forward. I got Spider-Man, Transformers, Flash, Elemental, Indiana Jones. All five movies are going to be on my show next month. So, and I will have a few surprising special guesses as well. Not all of them, just to be sure. But you don't want to you don't want to miss my June content on my show. So please go ahead and follow and subscribe to this podcast. Even this will be an audiogram. This is a show you don't want to miss for June. And having Jeff on my show was the big step up to my promoing my excitement for June. So Jeff, thank you for being on my show again. Where can they find you? Like you said it earlier before we wrap things up. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure to finally connect with you. Follow this guy. This guy's exciting. He loves movies and that's at the heart of what a real critic is. You love all movies. I'm sorry. That is just what makes a critic real. Um, and, and that's why you follow a guy, you know, is because of the passion that they have for films, you know, it's hard to make films, people. It really is. And the, if they come out and are great, it's a goddamn miracle. It just is, you guys. The amount of work that goes into these things is incredible. Uh, you can follow me. I'm Jeff Bach, box office analyst at Exhibitor Relations. Hit me up at Twitter, at ERC Box Office. That's the best way to follow me. That's where I put all my content. We do a Spaces every Sunday. That's right. So follow this guy if you're a box office analyst a fan or you know what a box office fan enthusiast follow this guy on twitter at relations co you'll find jeff block there i'll leave that in the show notes to make it easier for you guys but as i'm wrapping things up follow and subscribe june is coming to be very very big so you don't want to miss my content for those who are coming newly to the show subscribe on any podcast platform i'm also on youtube face camming live on a raw feed so if you're watching this through youtube follow and subscribe leave a comment leave a smash that like button smash 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 and just support this content on youtube as well if you're a youtube if you love watching through youtube then just podcasting listening then this is your best spot to listen on youtube as well follow me on social media on twitter at isus4mpod i'll leave that in the show notes follow my tiktok on iScreen you screen for movies that's the name of the tiktok where I do all my quick review movies slash audiograms, nothing big, but just to keep my podcasting live, extra content going forward. And email me at dscomelight.gmail.com where I can offer to read your emails if you guys want to share something, your thoughts for June, maybe Jeff, and you know, anything you have in mind for June, your predictions going forward. Love to see them, love to read them. I will gladly read them on air on the raw feed so email me at dscomlajgmail.com once again subscribe to the show you don't want to miss it if you're not a subscriber or for people listening brand newly it's a cannot miss show and uh yeah i think that will be doing it jeff i think we've done it does it i don't think there's nothing and i don't think there isn't left to say except until next time I'll be screaming you all at I scream, you scream for movies. Nailed it. Ah!
Totally nailed it, as always. <laughs>